Williams, would you join me in welcoming to the stage Samantha Rajasingham? Thanks, Molly, for having this. Um, yeah, so when Molly was telling me about this, she was like, oh, do you have any food stories? And like, you know, Molly, we talk, but you didn't really know, but I'm massively food obsessed. I'm hungry most of the time, and um, I think about food like all the time. And I did live 13 years in Paris. And I've eaten at some incredible Michelin-starred restaurants. I've eaten at some incredible places. And yeah, I mean, half of the really expensive ones, I gotta say, maybe somebody else put at the bill, but... Um, but this story has nothing to do with that, because in fact, this story is about what moved me. And I think what moves you, it's not the money, it's the thing, it's the actual thing. So we're going to rewind, and uh, it's 1995, and um, my mom had always had a hankering to go to Tibet. She was like, I want to travel the world, but the one thing I want to, I definitely want to go to Tibet. So it's 1995, and we finally get it all organized, and we're in Tibet. Now, 1995, you got the internet, man, it's not there. Uh, there was one place in all of Tibet to make an international phone call. It's a very remote place. And um, she'd organized this road trip, so we'd hired a driver. And at that time, the Chinese government would give you a translator and a guide. So it's my mom, myself, this translator, and this guide, and we start driving across Tibet. And this was like a three-week trip. Like, Tibet's a really big place. It's really, really, like, it takes a long time to drive through it. And so three weeks are planned. Now, Tibet is on a plateau. It's this huge Himalayan plateau. And it's so barren. It's a bit like being on the moon. It's just gray and ochre and stone and ice. And occasionally, you get some fields, because at that time, a Chinese population was being moved into the area, and they were growing rapeseed to make, um, to make oil. So occasionally, you get patches of green. But essentially, it's a mountainous lunar landscape. And the food... <sighs> So when you're in a mountainous lunar landscape, the food is slightly problematic. And I'm sure, I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with Tibet, but um, they're known for this thing like yak butter tea. I had that like every day, multiple times. Um, yak butter tea is yak butter tea and salt. It's pretty horrendous. And I'm um, sorry if anybody likes it. I didn't, maybe after weeks and weeks of it, I just could not. Um, so we're eating essentially toasted wheat balls rolled in yak butter and yak butter tea. And we're eating this every day, like over and over again. And by the 10th day, I was like, I mean, it's so beautiful out there, it's so gorgeous, but I was kind of maybe having a slight nervous breakdown every time I thought about a meal. I was just like, oh my God, I can't deal with this anymore. So we end up, it was the 10th night, and we end up at this village, and there's maybe like 20 stone huts in this village. And I get out of the car, and the first thing I do is I go, and I'm like, oh my God, what is that smell? I haven't smelled this in ages. Like, what is this? It smells so delicious. And I get out of the car, and I start walking, and I'm following the smell. And I come to this little square, 
in the wall, and I'm looking through the square, and there's this man there, and he's got this walk, and he's going, psh, psh, psh. and there's all this, like, cabbage flying in the air, just flying around. I'm just like, oh, my God, like, what has just happened? Who is this guy? So I'm, like, bugging my mom. I'm like, you got to go talk to this guy? Like, find out what's going on with this stuff. So she goes off and does some stuff, and she's really good at talking to people. And she comes back, she's like, yeah, don't worry. We're going to have dinner there. He's going to cook us dinner. Don't worry about it. It's like, all right, cool, mom. So we go into this hut for dinner. It's a couple of hours later, and uh, we sit down, and it's his house. And it's a very, it's a one, it's like a kitchen and one room. And it's a table. It's a very plain table. He sits us down. And the first thing that comes out is cabbage and egg soup. That cabbage that he was tossing is just cabbage and egg and salt and water. And I cannot tell you how extraordinary that was. A cabbage and egg soup was sublime. I couldn't believe the flavor he got from that charred cabbage, so sweet and delicious. And then miracle of miracles, the second dish came out and it was steamed lake fish. God knows where he'd gotten that thing from. And it was covered with like a Szechuan peppercorn fermented soybean sauce, a numbing sauce that was just perfect with this incredible steamed fish. And then he made us these little like buckwheat pancakes, I think, with fermented greens, and then the rape greens from the fields. This was our dinner. Every dish was perfect. It was not, it was not complicated, but it was just done right. So I'm sitting there, obviously, just like, ah, just totally losing it. And I'm bugging my mom. I was like, you have to talk to this guy. I want to know more about his kitchen. I want to go in there. And so he can see I'm really excited. So he takes me into his kitchen, and he shows me pot after pot of weird little fermented things, dried things, like weird herbs, like hiding in the corner. It's a real witch's larder. It was so spectacular. And just like, I just looked at this guy, and I was like, who are you? You're amazing. I'm so happy, like so thrilled and so privileged to have met you. And then he kind of like through my mom basically communicated and he said, come back tomorrow morning before you leave. And the next morning happens and we go to his place. It's really early in the morning and he's made us fresh crepes dotted with the tiniest amounts of chocolate. I don't know where he found this, and I almost wept. It was so beautiful, so beautiful. So we left the village, and we drove, and eventually we crossed the border into Nepal, at which point our driver and the guide, the so-called guide, who I think was said to look at, basically to, to see who we were talking to, they leave us, and we're in Nepal, and I talked to my mom and I said, do you remember that guy? Do you remember that guy we had that incredible meal with? Like, oh my God, that was amazing. That was one of the best things ever. And she was like, yes. So um, yeah, I talked to him a little bit more after. And um, he actually was a great chef in Beijing. And he was, he was essentially a political dissident. And they shipped him out to Tibet, to the middle of nowhere by himself. He's just there, the chef, this great chef under the stars, making do with all those little things that he has. 
And it really reminds me, I think I actually had a Babette's Feast moment. I don't know if you're familiar with that story, Babette's Feast, the Isaac Denison story, where basically this great chef from France is exiled to Denmark, wins this lottery, with the money, cooks this incredible meal for the sisters who have taken care. And the sisters find out that in fact, Babette has spent all the money on the meal, making this great meal for these two sisters. And the two sisters say, oh, Babette, now you will be poor. And Babette replies, a great artist is never poor. Samantha Roger Singham. Thank you so much.